Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Talk about loving yourself for a minute because this is heading into soul care. Do you love yourself? One of the things we've found, we do a lot of work with Harrison, and that's the thing we, we use. It's a Harrison uh, survey we use for every staff member. Every staff member that comes on to our staff in Highlands goes through a, high, uh, a Harrison. And one of the things that we've found in Harrison worldwide, which is a really worrying statistic, is we found Christians have low self-acceptance but a high need for improvement. Isn't that interesting? Low self-acceptance, so low self-esteem, but a high need to improve. And that that worries me, and and I've been praying about it, I've been looking at it, I've been talking to people about this, and it's a lot to do with our soul. That we try and be and we try and please God by doing rather than being. That you are created in the image of God. You know what? If you've got kids, and especially if you've got grandkids, it's not about what they do. It's about who they are. And you think of God in heaven. He's going, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. That he loves you. And see, that's the heart of, we do this series on soul care. We want to be people who serve for our culture. Now, I always pray over you, and I pray over this church all the time, 3 John 2. Uh, It's my benediction when I I finish a prayer meeting. I pray it over you all week, that you'll prosper in all things, 3 John 2, that you'll prosper in all things, now, I had a Bible college lecturer, and he would say to me all the time, or say to the, the class, is your all all, or is your all some? That you'll prosper in all things. That you'll be in health. And we, we want health, don't we? But it says, just as your soul prospers. Do you love yourself? Love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do you love yourself? How's your soul? How's your soul? Because everything spins around the soul, you see. Your prosperity in life spins around your soul. Your health spins around your soul. I think of my mum. Moira said to me this morning, what stories you telling? And I said, I don't know. But as I was worshipping, I was reminded of my mum and I was thinking about this message. You know what, my mum, she ended up um, getting leukaemia. And she had leukaemia and she was really, really sick. Moira and I had gone to Bible college, so we were in Brisbane. She was in Sydney. And she wanted to come up and we wanted to come up. So she flew up to Brisbane. And as she got off the plane, 
She was weak and feeble and literally we got her home and she went to sleep. She was sick. And over the week, it was 10 days we had mum there, we, we were praying and fasting and we were believing God and we were getting around and encouraging mum and praying for mum and fasting as, as a couple and a family. And at the end of the, the, the 10 days, about day eight I think it was, we, we went to the botanical gardens in, in Brisbane, which is at the bottom of the, the mountain there. Or the, it's not really a mountain, is it? It's a hill. But, uh, and we were walking around the botanical garden. Now, my mum loved roses. So we're walking through the rose garden. Now, understand she couldn't walk from the plane. She was, had trouble walking from the plane to the car and we had to go to sleep. At the end of those, that time with us, she, we went to the garden and she was walking around. I said, Mum, do you want me to go and get the car? No, no, I'm fine. Walking around. Actually, when she went home, she walked off the plane. My sister rang me who picked her up and said, what have you done to Mum? And in a very short period of time, she went back to how she was. She was living in a situation where my dad had passed away and all the people around her, well, not all, that's not true. There was a couple of people, my sister being one of them, because this isn't going out on <laughs> socials. So. But they got very negative around my family because there was a blue, which often happens, there's five siblings, there was a blue between my eldest brother and my sister and then my third, the third one, next brother, got offended because of my sister going through the third party offence and then started to pull everything down. And that unforgiveness came in again. And she died. See, health comes from a prospering soul. It's so, so important, isn't it? So, so important. See, when you're cranky, tired, people out, stressed out, it's easy to get caught up in sin. It's easy to get caught up in gossipy unforgiveness, not just the what we would call the major sins, actually, I think all sins equal, but people grade sin, we do. <laughs> and uh, people go, oh, well, that sin's worse than that sin. I actually don't think God thinks that. I think he thinks it's sin. <laughs> the problem with that is we get caught up in it, and then we spend we, it has the potential to spiral us into problems. So it's really important we understand how to care for our soul. And I think Psalm 23 is such a perfect prescription for soul care. And I'd love to throw it up on the screen. We'll leave it up there for a little while till we get the next scripture. Oh, it's not going to be all there, but we'll work through it. Since the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Isn't that a great start? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, not want. Now, what do you want? What's your wants? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Sometimes we, we, we create these wants and things and, and we miss that God actually wants us to prosper in all things, to be in health and have a prospering soul. And it's interesting, when you know God, your world changes. Have you found that? It's that testimony that Jay had up on the screen. A changed life. If you're a Christian in this place, you've had a changed life. You've had a transformation. It's not just a rational decision and you weighed up the evidence. It's not a scientific uh, 
formula that we work to, is it Steve, where you actually wake our scientists in the front row, where we weigh the evidence up and go, oh, well, yeah, the evidence is this. Because we need a transformation and our encounter with God is a transformation. Sure, there's scientific evidence. Sure, there's evidence of the change. Sure, there's all the apologetics where you can argue it out. But it's not the argument. It's the, the change that happens in our life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's that change. It's that change that changes us. You know, it's interesting around the shepherd when I think about that. And, and Boyce said this. He's a theologian. He said, it's remarkable that the Lord would call himself our shepherd. In Israel, as in other ancient societies, a shepherd's work was considered the lowest of all works. In a family that needed a shepherd, it's always the youngest son, like David, who got the unpleasant assignment. Jehovah has chosen to be our shepherd, David says. The great God of the universe has stooped to take just care of you and I. Isn't that an interesting thing? The Lord is our shepherd and he's come from the kingdom of heaven to be a shepherd for you and I, to look after us. He makes us lie down in green pastures. Green speaks of prosperity. Green speaks of, of abundance. Because if you actually understand when King David wrote this, if you go to the Jordanian wilderness, it's barren. It's like amazingly barren like rocks and stones, and, and that's all it is. And, but it says he makes us lie down in green pastures. And I think that's so important because it, it talks about leading us to the places in a wilderness that actually provides prosperity and healing for our soul. Phil Keller says this, and a shepherd looks at Psalm 23, it's a good read, right? So if the sheep will not lie down easily, and will not unless four conditions are met. Because they're timid, they won't lie down if they're afraid. Because they are social animals, they won't lie down if there's friction among the sheep. Or if flies or parasites trouble them, they will not lie down. Finally, if the sheep are anxious about food or hungry, they will not lie down. Rest comes because the shepherd has dealt with fear, friction, flies, Famine. The Lord is your shepherd. He's dealt with friction in the families. Dealt with friction with each other. You know, friction comes. So often we, we want to avoid friction. Daniel Pink wrote a book and it talks about regret and regret being a great thing to have. And of course, sometimes we think of regret as being negative and it is negative if we only see the negative effect. But if we look at it with, a, with a, a want of learning, where we look at regret of using it as growth, and you think about that, when there's friction, it actually allows us to have growth. But so often, when there's friction, we run away from it. Instead of saying, how do we deal with it? See, conflict is the doorway to intimacy or the doorway to divorce. People say, how, you know, you've been married for 40 years. How did you do that? Yes, dear. <laughs> I'm in trouble again. See, conflict's good. The challenge is good because it forces us to grow. 
forces us to grab. <coughs> he leads me beside still waters out of the turbulence of life. And who knows, life has a whole pile of highs and lows. We can't avoid them. That's life. There's highs and lows. Relationships have highs and lows. You come and you come together and, it's, and you have the marital bliss. And all of a sudden you come back from the honeymoon and you find it's different. But the idea is you want to come back together, don't you? Because that's what we do. Relationships are like this, isn't it? And we go in and out and in and out. But we don't want to go like that. We want to have souls restored that we can actually walk through the waters of life through. And he leads us beside still waters. And still water speaks of peace. And one of the things I've noticed a long weekend, and I've seen some social media of you guys out swinging on swings and ending up in the water. Smooth water. People love water. There's something about it, isn't it? We go to the beach. We go to where there's still water because there's something about restoring our soul out of the turbulence of life, the highs and lows. The next verse says, he restores my soul. Because we need our soul restored. How did that happen? Well, that happens from repentance. He brings you to repentance. He brings you to that point where you say, yes, God, I get it. And I repent. I turn away. Allow God to heal us. To bring us to that point where the sin, the snares that so easily ensnare us, Scripture says, we repent and walk away. Then it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. See, repentance leads to paths of righteousness. What are paths of righteousness? Paths of righteousness is conviction, not condemnation. You see, conviction of God comes where God convicts, doesn't condemn, the devil condemns. The devil brings condemnation. Jesus brings conviction. The Holy Spirit brings conviction on our life. Why? To lead us in paths of righteousness. The devil comes and says, you're not good enough. Jesus says, I started a good work in you. I'm faithful to complete it. The two sides. The devil says, who do you think you are? And God says, you're mine. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and their staff, they comfort me. Spurgeon said this about this verse, because we use it at funerals all the time. And I use it at funerals. He says it's, it has an inexpressibility delight of application to the dying, but for the living too. The words are not in the future tense and therefore are not reserved for a distant moment. But they're for now. No matter what you're going through comfort you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When all of the world thinks it's over for you, no matter what you're going through, the world looks at it and goes, well, you're finished. He says, I prepare a table for you, a feast for success. He's your provider. We start the Lord's Prayer for, don't we? We pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father. 
I think that's so interesting that Jesus taught it that way. It wasn't, my God! said, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Incredibly powerful, isn't it, that he's our dad. He starts to teach the disciples to pray. That he's our dad, he's our provider. Your kingdom come speaks of the kingdom of God. One of the things about kingdom is that you provide for your constituents. And so different with God is he provides for his family, his father. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. There's something incredibly powerful about being filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, we need to be filled with something. We're created to be filled. You're created to be filled with something. And if we don't fill that something with God, we fill it with other things. Ephesians says it this way. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand that the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is in dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And so often we miss that. We miss the fact that God wants us to be filled. That he went to heaven and said, behold, I send another one, a comforter to come. I give you another. I'm gone to heaven, but I give you another. Be filled with the Spirit of God. The God isn't out there. He's in here. And sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we're freaked by that. Sometimes we're going, God, I don't know. I had a lady say to me the other day, I want you to pray for me, but I don't want any of the tongue stuff. I don't want any of to be filled with the Spirit. But what? You're going through all this stuff in your life. And our oh, life was in trouble. But I want God. you end up being still filled with trouble. Which is so sad. So sad. People are mixed up with filled with the Spirit because they think it's all about tongues. And yeah, you get tongues. But it's not about that. I love the way Paul puts it because he was addressing this same problem in Corinthians. He said, he who speaks in tongues edifies builds up himself. One who prophesies edifies the church. Being filled with the Spirit, praying in tongues builds up your soul. That's what it does. It's not to be despised. Allow the soul to be built up. We prophesy to build the body up. That's what happens. Then it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. The favor of God follows you. You think about that for a minute. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, there's favor following you. I think of my daughter, Sienna. We've prayed this prayer over all her whole life. We used to drive to school. More and I drive to school. It was a 20-minute drive. And we pray for every morning that she had the favor of God. It was a simple prayer. She'll have favor with teachers, favor with friends, and favor with administrators. That's what we pray over life every morning. And she'd go to, to school, and, and since she's left school, she's never had to apply for a job. They just come. And we'd say to her, that's the favor of God. And she goes, yeah, no. Because favor follows you. Favor follows you. Then it says, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
But I think that's so important and so often we get missed by this as we get hurt or messed up or mixed up. And we've missed the dwelling in the house of the Lord. What's the house of the Lord? This isn't a Sunday service. This is the house of the Lord, people. We dwell in the house of the Lord with people. And that causes challenge and causes growth and causes pain. But we dwell together. Why? Because it actually grows us. It grows us. You see, pain is inevitable. Misery is an option. If you're around long enough, you're going to get hurt. But you either use it for growth or you stay hurt use it for misery. True. Paul says this, I press towards the mark, the upward high call of Christ in, of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things. Forgetting those things. Pushing to the mark, the upward high call, to change regeneration. Because that's who we're called to be. That's who we are as a church. We're not passive. We're a movement. We're a body. We're the ecclesia that go into all the world. Your world. Change the world. See the world changed around you. The power of God is not just for us. It's for others. And that's who we are as Highlands. That's who we are as this church. But the thing that has to happen to us We've got to let our souls be restored. He leads us to restore our soul because he wants us to prosper in all things, to be healthy, wealthy, and wise as our soul is healthy. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you. I thank you, you love us, Lord that you begin a good work in us, you're faithful to complete it. I thank you, Father, that you know us by name. You know every hair in our head. Father, I thank you that though we walk through challenges, that we, we come from the challenges of life, that hurts come, that allow you, you grow us out of that. Sure, it's wrong. Sure, people do things wrong. But Father, how do we have, how do we actually catch that? How do we understand your forgiveness if we can't forgive others? Father, help us. Father, I pray for every person in this room that they have a restored soul. That, Father, this week you do something in their life. Where there's been a past hurt, you heal it. Where there's been harsh words, you turn them soft words. Father, that they have healthy lives, healthy bodies, and they prosper in all things. Hey, just while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, we do this in every service in Highlands because you matter to God and you matter to us. Maybe in this room right now, there's someone who doesn't know God. Maybe it's been religion to you. Maybe it's something you turned up and did every week. Come to church. Today's your day to know him, not just know about him. Today's your day to give your life to Christ. So right across this room while no one's looking around, if that's you, and you'd like to do that. Maybe you've been away from God, but you're in this place this morning and say, God, I want to come home. I want to come back. Maybe your soul's been out of order and you can carry hurts against people. You want to give them away today. Today's your day. So right across this room right now, if that's you, I'd love you to raise your hand. Why do we raise our hands? It's an outward expression of an inward decision. 
That's what's happening. You're saying yes to God and that step of faith is the raising of the hand. It's just while no one's looking around, if that's you, you've never given your life to Christ, would you raise your hand so I can see it? Just so I can pray with you. It's not about embarrassing you, but it is about leading you to Jesus. Last time I'm asking this morning, I look through this room. Father, thank you. Thank you. Father, touch lives, change lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon. 